I don't want to set the world on fire. I just want to stop a flame in your heart. In my heart, I have a Welcome to Greetings from Beyond Radio, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Rich Valdez, and my co-host, as usual. Vicky with one name. I noticed that I don't have a last name. I must be famous like Madonna or Cher. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I didn't realize I was that famous. Yeah. Uh, go for it. Why not? <laughs> All right. So... Looks like there's a storm coming your way, Vicky, and the storm that's going your way, I blew it your way. So you're welcome. Aww. Anyways, oh, uh, you see, Thank I'm always you. thoughtful. Yeah, is sure. it my belated Mother's Day present? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Aww. There you go. You're All so right. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So as usual, uh, for all of those that don't know, uh, you can listen to us. Greetings from Beyond Radio on any and all of these podcast platforms uh you can visually and hear us audibly on facebook and youtube if you have not yet please subscribe to our youtube uh account under the same name greetings from beyond radio but you can listen to us on spotify iheart see us on parallax as well amazon music podcast index samsung podcast listen notes Apple Podcasts, where Apple is available, and Google Podcasts, as well as Pandora. Um, and I'm looking forward to our our guest this this week because it's it's a story that we're going to go beginning, middle, and end. How it started. Uh, three books already have been written by this gentleman. And I, I believe that um, the, the best way to describe this is to let's get it from the horse's mouth, right? Um, if our producer can shoot up those pictures of the books, and I hope they're in order. I know one is because it has number two on. I believe this is the first book, and Vicky could correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, so it is. Mm-hmm. And the second book Poltergeist of Washington State, too. That is, I believe, the the second. Okay. Yeah. Attachment. All right. And a third book. The third book, I'd have to hold up my Kindle, which I don't have. Okay. <laughs> well, let's not do that. You're going to glare the whole camera. Um, 
this this has been a journey and one that i understand is still ongoing so we're gonna get right down to it and introduce our special guest author keith linder welcome to the show keith hey thanks for having me hello everyone hello world how's it going hanging in there yeah we're all good so far knock on wood all right <laughs> Find wood somewhere, anywhere. I don't care. <laughs> There's a door behind you, so I hope it's wood. <laughs> yeah, if, I, if I'm not too hard, yeah, I'll get PTSD. Okay, it's all good. Uh, so let let's all start from the beginning with the Baffle House, and how did this first get started with you? When did the activity stir up? Uh, good question. So the activity, uh, let's go back in time. Uh, May 1st, 2012, uh, me and my girlfriend moved into a house uh, outside of Seattle, Bothell, Washington. is about 20 minutes north, <clears throat> northeast of Seattle. And uh, this is weird uh, because the day we went to go sign the papers technically is the first day we had activity. Not even wow. moved in yet, which is kind of risky on the ghost's part, you think. But um, us being new to the paranormal, when we went to the, sign the papers, met the homeowner, you know, did the whole sh- handshake, did the walkthrough. Uh, it was kind of him to leave a bottle of wine. Uh, so he leaves an hour later or so, and then it's just me and Tina, me and my uh, ex-girlfriend, Tina. Hmm. And... We're just sitting on the floor, uh, bottom downstairs, living room, sort of taking it all in, right? Sort of happy house high, picking and choosing which room is going to be what, where's furniture going to go. And uh, in the middle of our conversation, uh, like we're having now, uh, we hear a kid cough. And the reason why I say we is because it was very distinct, um, very loud very noticeable in the sense of we both stopped talking and looked at each other and was like, was that a kid cough? I asked Tina, she asked me this on a drop of a dime. Uh, full disclosure, we have no kids, uh, no pets, house is empty. Uh, there's no furniture, so it's an empty house. And you know, sound can echo in an empty house. This is a two-story unit. And it did sound like it came from one of the bedrooms upstairs, but of course, uh, we had no reason to go looking for anything. Definitely, definitely not looking for a kid. Um, I think we gave it about a minute to two minutes thought, and then shrugged it off. Obviously, we told ourselves. Obviously, we misheard. That had to come from outside, albeit weird. Uh, so we left that alone. Fast forward to a week or two now. I'm officially moved in. I moved in a week or two before Tina. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but she's there all the time. And uh, I started noticing uh, objects missing. The first thing I noticed to go missing were my extra set of my car fob. You know, you go deep, deep, deep. Yeah. Uh, that I never used, but I kept it in the glove box. And uh, I didn't give it to the movers. I brought it over personally. Uh, and one day I went to go retrieve a different item, and I noticed it was gone. My car fob was gone. So I thought that was weird, but I blamed it on myself. So maybe I lost it or dropped it. It happens. Uh, 
at the same time frame, Tina's coming to me because she can't find her jewelry. She's missing bracelets, earrings. Uh, you know, you have two earrings and she's missing one. Matching bracelet, missing one. Um, so she asked me, I, like, I, I don't rummage through her stuff, let alone her jewelry. But um, So that was weird. Um, and then as we're getting more moved in, two weeks turned to four weeks to six weeks, we started waking up in the morning to start our day. And we noticed as we wake up, downstairs, either on the staircase as you walk down the stairs, or a coffee table or a kitchen countertop are these kid toys. And I always tell people because these kid toys are displayed openly. It's as if while we were sleeping, somebody used our downstairs as a nursery. And we don't have kids, so we thought, um, wow, okay, this is uh, this is different. We must have a prankster or somebody playing a joke on us either in the neighborhood, maybe the homeowner's kids, you know, got the keys from him and this is their way of ha, 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 welcome to the neighborhood or whatever. We're, we're running through all these scenarios of how this could happen, but not once are we coming to the word ghost. That's just not in our vocabulary. We have no knowledge of the paranormal. We don't play with Ouija boards. We don't do nothing. We just work every day. But I being proactive, had a security system installed. It's kind of unnerving to go to bed and wake up and find you think somebody's been in your house while you sleep. So I had security system installed and that slowed it down, but it didn't stop it. Now we're waking up in the morning and finding all the kitchen cabinet doors open. And I mean, all of them, very neatly open, drawers are pulled out, closet doors are left out. The items inside have not been touched or moved. Um, so that was interesting. And then around that same, that same time frame, I would say what I call the moment of truth moment when the homeowner, meaning us, or the, uh, I guess, house occupant, uh, has to come to the moment of truth to realize, hey, your house is haunted. And how that we found that out is they tell you. We're watching TV one night, me and Tina, shoulder to shoulder and tina has this four foot tall plant that stands and stands on the floor next to the entertainment center and i kid you not while we're watching tv it darts up in the air it goes vertical and does a 360 degree spin and then falls back to the floor in front of both of us we both saw it at the same time saw it interrupt our movie watching there's no way you could have missed it um and then instinctively, more out of instinct, we move toward the plant and start looking for a remote control device, wiring, some sort of thing that would help us be like, okay, this is the butt of the joke. This is where all the balloons come up out of nowhere, confetti, and ha, 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 somehow we end up on a reality show that we didn't sign up for. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, that didn't happen. After five minutes of looking through the plant, we then said, I think we have a ghost. And how we thought that is um, we Googled, how can you tell if your house is haunted? And everything I just told you, missing items, items that you're finding that nobody owns, uh, misplaced items, uh, noises, kid call. 
strange footsteps, uh, missing jewelry, kitchen cabinet doors, all these things we're passing with flying colors as we reading, as we're reading on websites, and then we came to the conclusion: oh, the kid caught. Oh, that. Oh, that's what that was a month ago, six weeks ago. But we weren't thinking malevolent. We're, we're not in the malevolent category yet. This is very new. Um, you know, as you know, probably know, things are going to you know increase. There's going to be a gradual buildup, a snowball effect is what I call it. Yeah, it'll escalate. So we're like, okay, this is a kid that goes, what do you do with, if you got a kid that goes? And the internet was saying, well, these things happen. Sometimes kids' spirits or whatever get lost and confused. Um, talk to it. Talk to it nicely. Put on a parental hat and instruct it to go into the light. And we did. We, we printed off the instructions and we're like, all right, hey, you know, it's okay, go into the light, and um, that didn't work. The response we got was not the response the websites told us, which was these things will fade out and eventually leave on their own. When we started doing that, that's when the loud banging happened or began, and that's when objects started being thrown. <coughs> Being thrown, I mean, I'm eating dinner, watching TV or having dinner, right? And right. a plant goes, shoo, shoo, you know, and you see it at the corner of your eye, and then you see it impact on the wall. The plant has flown and ricocheted and hit a wall and obliterated. Me and Tina have seen this. We've seen it together. Mm. We've seen it separate. We've not at times been in the room. I could be downstairs or in my office, tend to be in the bedroom. You hear a commotion, you run toward the noise, and the plant's already obliterated. I've had, I'm a football guy, I've had Monday Night Football. And I've had guys over on Monday Night Football watching, and they have seen the plants fly too. So I would say that is the, the first two months, two and a half months to three months is when that activity started. And there, it wasn't just guys that you have over. I know that it progresses to where you have multiple witnesses that are over for a party. Could you tell us more about that party and what the people experienced at the housewarming party? Well, yeah. So now, yeah, you're right. So we're fresh into you know summer 2012 and we, me and Tina, wanted to have a housewarming party. You know, you want, but all our close friends, we already told, said, hey, our house is kind of weird. We, we're having some stuff. We don't quite know what it is, but y'all beating us up and down about when we're going to have a party. We, we, we're going to have one, but you need to know our house is weird. So our friends being our friends and like the party like we do, didn't care. Like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever, you know. Um, we said, all right. But me and Tina had a private conversation of if things get dumpy during the party, we're going to shut it down. Okay. Or if things get jumpy the day of or hours before. But you're right. The day of the party, I had five of my closest friends. Tina had five or four of hers. And you're right. Throughout the party from beginning to end, and this is very interesting, uh, because the different sexes, meaning male and female, experience different things. All the women, uh, mainly Tina's friends, experience their hair being pulled. They did. 
they would come to Tina and say, hey, something just pulled my hair. Or it'd be a group of them and they'd be like, oh, something just pulled my hair. I was sometime walking by and hear their conversation and I'd make eye contact with Tina. I'm like, all right, just we'll call the signal. We got to wrap it up. She's like, no, we're, 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 we're good. On my end, I being the chef of the night cooking, I kept getting locked out of the back door. I'm barbecuing and every time I come go out, uh, I close the sliding door to prevent flies from flying in. But you can't lock yourself out with a sliding door, right? So when I'm coming in, the door is locked. None of my friends are locking me out. They're not doing that, but I have to knock on the glass to ask them to let me in. And that became a repeating theme that entire night, as well as the doorbell ringing. All the companies arrived and the doorbell ring, ding dong, ding dong. Keep somebody's at the door. I go to the door, nobody there. Or I could be multitasking or in the backyard, ding dong, ding dong. Keep somebody's at the door. Oops, I, I'm closer. I'll get it. This one, my friend. I'll get it for you. They go to the door. Nobody's there. But these are the same people we told the house was sort of weird. So they're like, okay, that's weird. We, we kind of see what you're you're talking about, but all right, it's not so bad, bad. Some of my friends are like, hey, it's kind of cool. But when the night is over, there's only two people left, which is Tina's best friend and Tina's best friend's mom. And they, being, being the last one in the house, I would say witnessed the most because they saw the plant, another plant, the first time seeing a plant fly, fly across the room, uh, this is about 1 a.m., 2 a.m. in the morning. Hit and obliterate on the wall. And going back to seeing as believing, they've heard the throwing plant stories from Tina. They've heard that. Kim has even had her hair pulled while there that night. Um, but seeing a plant travel 20, 15 to 25 feet, uh, emit speed, projectile speed, and obliterate on the wall is different than having your hair pulled. So took them by surprise, off guard, uh, and then they have their own story to tell as a result of that. Man, you, you must have gone through a lot of money replacing those plants. Sounds like a lot of them. Tina had so many. We had Tina, and all the plants were Tina's, but Tina had so many plants thrown. These were live plants that it became useless to re, I don't know, repotter or whatever, put them back in the dirt and whatever, or rehabilitate them because they would just fly again. And you're right. It became a point in time where all the plants died. There's no use putting them back together again. It's just going to happen again. It's just going to happen again. Sometime yeah. immediately, as soon as your back is turned. Um, and it became, oh, we just got artificial plants now. But you're right. All the plants uh, within a six months time, eight months time, all the plants are gone. And yeah, it's just so. Uh, yeah, it, it becomes more dangerous to, to have live plants being tossed about. I mean, one day it will hit someone. I, I completely understand that. Uh, when when did when did you guys finally come to the conclusion that this was poltergeist activity? Uh, well, I'll say um, malevolent is we're still being slow on the on the paranormal lore or vocabulary, if you will, but. I'll tell you when we realize this is not a, we don't think this is a kid ghost anymore. 
and there's something more sinister going on mm. was the night me and Tina are laying in bed and we're just sort of recapping our day, you know, we're talking about work, family, friends, the house, and we're just lollygagging or something. And in the middle of our conversation, very light moment, the bedroom door just slammed shut. And I'm not talking about a draft or a wind that comes to the window and, you know, slams the door. No, the type of shut this was, was you and I reaching into somebody's room, grabbing the doorknob and slamming the door shut. Mm -hmm. When that happened, and then when Tina being, she's taking a shower or a bath or me, the door will slam, close shut, and the lights go off. Those things we start thinking, well, that's not a kid ghost. And the reason why we say that's not a kid ghost because the things we're reading online is things like, hey, kid ghosts are, they don't say they're nice. They don't say they're, you know, like, you know, kids in general. They just say they're, you know, they do stuff like they're lost. They're confused. They, they might turn a light off on here and there, move some shoes around. But the objects start getting bigger and heavier that are being thrown. We're past the plants now. We're talking about iron, you know, the iron, your iron, your, which is heavy. We're talking about the ironing board that it sits on, uh, the glass vase or, you know, the vase that holds the plant. So then we're like, okay, that's that's not a kid. But I can tell you that we didn't think poltergeist per se for about another year or two. It had to be told to us because we don't know what they, we don't have a name for. It. We, 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 we're very new or was new to the paranormal to the paranormal lore of how do you characterize this and that what's portuguese what's not what's you know intelligent haunting what's all that stuff that comes way later but i can tell you the actions the activity right was fitting the description okay. you know, we're passing with flying colors now me and, Tina. and where was the first place that you turned for help locally as the website said is basically to family. Hey, mom, flying plants, ghosts, what I do, pray, son. Uh, internet, hey, get a church in there, have the home blessed. We did call local churches, call friends who are affiliated with churches uh, to come in, bless the home. That seemed to work. Uh, that would give you a day or two or three of no activity. But even then, that started having diminishing returns because we had people come in and pray and they were sincere. We were sincere. I'm now confiding in coworkers for advice, uh, asking them, hey, what you know, what do you do if our house is haunted? And my coworker suggested smudging. So have you tried smudging? And I'm like, I've never heard of that. What what's smudging? Oh, this is smudging. And she gave me the address and the name of the store in Seattle to go buy some sage sticks. And I did. I, I went home and got some sage sticks. And when I went home to use the sage sticks, once again, an adverse uh, effect uh, happened, meaning I'm supposed, I'm supposed to get this reaction, which is hopefully quell the activity. Instead, I'm getting more activity. Was it more violent or? Uh... Yeah, more violent. More violent. And okay. by activity, I mean, and, and, I, and I write about this in, in my 
in, in the first book, the first night I saged, I was very excited because I went to the store and they gave me the sage stick. But, you know, looking back now, I didn't know what I was doing. I just lit a stick and went around every room waving, saying, leave, leave, get out, get out, get out. Uh, I think it's a little bit more uh, complicated than that. Uh, but I didn't know. Tina was out of town, so I was glad she wasn't there. So I went the whole house to myself to, to cleanse it. And as I'm going from room to room, I get to the upstairs landing, the infamous landing hallway. Mm-hmm. Where if you stand on it, you can see up over the beam and to the downstairs. And you got a direct sight to the front door. As I'm coming out of my master bedroom, I believe, with the stage six waving, telling whatever it is to get out, the front door opens wide by itself and shuts by itself. I see the whole thing from beginning to end. Okay. As I, and it went, shoom, shoom. And I was like, that probably, other than the gray lady apparition, another other than the objects thrown, was a reality moment for me. Because that, I've seen that in horror movies. Yeah, well, who hasn't? <laughs> yeah, now, now my yeah. brain, now my brain is dialing back to like, Okay, I, I've seen that done in, in horror movies, the open and slamming of the door, and it never ends good. <laughs> no. But I'm like, maybe that's them leaving. You know, maybe they left, they got the message. Okay. But and this is and this is and this is real uh, I mean this is real interesting. That night, because we're gonna talk about the Bible soon, mm-hmm. and this is this is the preamble to the to the Bibles. This is July, August, whatever of 2012. The door just opened and slapped shut. Boom, boom, boom. Tina's out of town. Later that night, I called my best friend, 8 or 9 p.m., and told him about the door slamming, the smudging and all that. He's very religious. Um, he's sort of giving me advice over the phone. And he tells me, hey, Keith, get a Bible, you know, get a Bible. And I want you to open it to Psalms 93. And I want you, we're going to pray over the phone, you and me and him together. We did. And I want you to put this Bible on a table somewhere in the house, a, a real important area of the house. And I look, I'm going to put it on this table in the living room. I'm going to lay it. I said, leave it open to that page to Psalms 93. Pray again. And uh, maybe that'll work. I go to bed. Okay, I do that, we do that, I lay the Bible out, I turn the alarm systems on, even call Tina, Tina's out of town on business, and I go upstairs, I go to bed. As I get up to the upstairs landing, I look down again, I can see my Bible opened up with the lampshade and the light on it, and I'm like, okay, make a mental note, it's going to be a good day starting tomorrow, these things are going to get out of here, it's going to be a new day. Tomorrow, new day. The next morning I wake up and I don't know why I did this, but I woke up the next morning to go to work. And I said, instead of using our bathroom in the master bedroom, in the uh, master bedroom, I went to go use the guest bathroom in the hallway. Mm. So I opened up our bedroom door and I walk out to the landing. And you can't miss downstairs when you walk out to the landing. You just can't miss it. 
my eyes navigate to the table that the Bible was there. The Bible is God. God, God. Fascinating. I walk downstairs. I don't know why. The alarms haven't been tripped. Tina's not even home. This is summer 2012. And the Bible's gone. So I call my friend, man, the Bible's gone. The Bible's gone, dude. I call my friend, Bible's gone. I call Tina or I text her. Lay Bible out before I went to go to bed. Bible gone. I think I, I, think I put that chat in the book. And Tina's like, oh my God, okay. And and I will time step it now because we're going to talk about it. That Bible would not return till almost a year and a half later on fire. Same Bible. Same Bible. And it took a year to return. It's been, it's been missing a year and a half. Wow. And the first time we I saw that Bible again was a year and a half later is when we were awakened in the night by the fire alarms. And that Bible was at the doorway of our bedroom on fire. I mean, flames and all. Wow. And what was the first thought that went ran through your head when you open the door and you see that Bible that's been missing for about a year and a half on fire at the foot of literally your, the doorsteps to your bedroom. Um, extreme um, uncertainty, angst, where is this going? Uh, I could tell you, you feel, you know, and I'm pretty sure every animal that's been a victim of a predator before they go down the gully of a predator feels this is you're helpless and you realize you're at the bottom of the food chain. Right. When I open the door and I see a book, all I see is a book on fire. I don't know it's the Bible yet. Yeah. But my instincts tells me like it tells anybody fire, put it out. I put it out by stepping on it, by closing it with my foot. I closed it. Fire is extinguished, but I got bigger problems now. I see what I just closed is the Bible that I put on the table a year and a half ago. I, if Tina's standing right next to me, pick it up. I pick the Bible, and it's got soot and ash, hallways smoky and everything. It's a mess. As I pick up the Bible, I feel a bulge in it. Okay, so, oh, there's, there's something in it. Now... To, this is sort of like adding insult to injury from, from their point of view because remember when I laid the Bible on the table a year and a half ago, there was nothing in it. I didn't put anything in it. It's just a book open to, to not Psalms 93. But now it has a bulge in it. I opened the book again and there's a wooden cross, scorched, badly burned, but easily recognizable. That wooden cross that night hung over our headboard, our, our headboard bed. I have bought that wooden cross off of Amazon a week or so ago because it came from Jerusalem. And it was advised that we put this above our headboard, our bed while we sleep. And I went to bed, I saw that cross above our head. There's no way I would have gotten it to bed knowing that cross was missing. I would have acknowledged it. I would have said, oh my God, Tina, the cross is missing. 
might not have found it, but I would have went to bed knowing my cross is gone. I went to bed knowing my cross was there. When I woke up, it was gone. So I'm just letting you and your listeners know the level of proximity, whatever these things are, whatever it is or was, to remove a cross above, you're talking inches above my head, mm-hmm. inches above Tina's head, Put it in the Bible wherever that was for a year and a half. Definitely right. in our house. Right. Okay. Cross, removal, <laughs> all stuck in Bible that's missing for a year. Put both on the, the doorway of your bedroom. And ah, the icing on the cake, set it on fire. Yeah. I, yeah, we were, we were, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that sends shockwaves, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I called the paranormal team who were there a few hours earlier. No bull paranormal. Because uh, by then, this is 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, and told her what had happened. And I said, hey, our Bible came back to us this morning on fire. And there was a pause on the other side of the phone. She's like, and she's like, Okay, I and to her credit, to her credit, she said, uh, "I've never seen that before. That's a little bit above my, for lack of a better word, pay grade." She's like, "I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, okay, all right." She said, "My advice, like I said, to her credit, my advice," she said, "was y'all need to get out of the house." And I appreciate that. I didn't follow her advice, obviously. Well, of course, but. <laughs> I appreciated that honest assessment because I had to take that whole morning to work with me. And Tina had to take that whole morning to work with her. I had to confide in friends and family what just happened. And we are now, now to go back to your original question, uh, Vicki, uh, now I'm calling the Catholic churches, you know, because my brain, once again, my psyche, I'm going back into Hollywood mode. Like, uh-oh, burning Bible. Okay, now I get got to get a priest on the phone. Priest, got flames, and I'm calling, blowing up the Seattle Parish Catholic Church, as is Tina, as are my friends who are Catholic. Everybody has got their work instruction of Keith's house is the house from hell. We need bigger hands on board. We need bigger eyes on this. Um, all my friends believed us, and, and even to this day, about everything we've told them. Some have witnessed not necessarily that exact thing, but other stuff. And they know when they get a call from Key saying, hey, Bible was on fire last night, they, like me, go into DEFCON 3, DEFCON 4. Yeah. There's no, well, Key, are you working too hard? Are you a 10 hour ride? Are you, you know, you know there's none of that. There's, there's none of that. There's well, why don't you tell our listeners what you actually do for a living so that, you know, not that I have to give you any more credit for being well grounded, but I think it's important for them to know that you hold a professional job and that also your job ties into why you so well documented what was going on in the house. Yeah, so just a background about me. That's a good question. Uh, I'm an IT professional. Uh, I'm a senior program manager slash project manager. Uh, have been for quite some time. 
Uh, I got my, my career starting in IT and tech, you could say, uh, back in the early 90s, working for Dell Computer. I'm originally from Austin, Texas, another tech city. Um, and I tell people, even in my, in my book, um, that when you're in tech, especially if you're a project manager, um, we live by the documentation of our work. We live by the, uh, I guess, you know, communication, the importance of, uh, because we're in front of people all day. I'm in front of executives all day. I got PowerPoints out the yin yang. I'm in media, da 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 da. And then I'm also customer facing. My customers, the companies I work for, we're considered customer facing companies, meaning we sell a product. And after we sell a product, we got to support that product. Our customers can be wide ranging. And no matter how dissatisfied, upset, irate they are, we, meaning myself, we have to keep a cool, level head, analytical thinker, problem solver. Um, and that helped me, as well as my upbringing and how I was raised, uh, deal with this phenomenon. Now, it was not easy. Uh, it was extremely hard. And there were cracks in the armor, if you will, still is. And even to Tina's credit, her career was similar as, as mine. Tina was in sales and marketing. Um, she was an executive in sales and marketing. Um, so we had very successful, stable careers. And those things played a role, a sort of a support system. In addition to the friends I just named who are in similar backgrounds and similar careers, my job, even the one I have still have now, uh, I could call my boss during this ordeal and I didn't have to lie to him and say, hey, I can't come to work today because I'm sick. But in reality, my house is on fire. <laughs> no, boss, hey, Keith, I'm not going to be able to make it in today. Um, the poster in my office just caught fire. Oh, Keith, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, see you tomorrow. You know, something we have that relationship and conversation, so it made it easy and less stress. There was never no, Keith, we got to call you into a meeting. We're gonna have this one-on-one -on -one conversation with you because of your attendance problem. If you read my my book, you notice there were times where I had to leave work to go deal with a house attack. Wow. You know, I got yeah. security sending me emails and notifications of motion detected sound detected and then when you log in you see your house destroyed i had to leave my i had to leave meetings i had to break away seattle was 45 minutes with traffic hour and a half of bad traffic to get wow. back to Buffalo. and but the whole time my notification inbox is filling up with all this stuff i get home the portuguese has done its deal but my job i i, I had to keep in communication my, my team, my boss. So they're very documented, meaning some of the interactions you see in both books of things I did and Tina did, but you're right. Uh, those elements helped me stay grounded, uh, level-headed, because if I had to, in Portuguese, they try to seize on everything or will seize on everything. Uh, you know, it's rumored to believe or theorized that Portuguese uh, exploit, you know, stress in an environment or create stress in an environment. They like to exploit hardships, 
anything that they can get their hands on, they will exploit and use against you. But my job security was never, I guess, at risk. Thank God. Thank God. Therefore, I was able to sort of live two different lives. One, one minute I'm fighting a, a Portuguese, but you would never know it at work unless you asked me. I mean, I'm, I'm sleep deprived. I'm still in winks every now and then when nobody can look and, and, and see me. But I'm also being productive and I'm telling my boss that my house is on fire and stuff like that, as well as my coworkers. You know, it's it's a, it's all it's it's very weird, very weird. Now you did have a relative period of calm in the house. And um I think that was twenty thirteen where it was relatively calm. Yeah, I see the the the, the, the twenty two thousand thirteen was like I said, the in the period where the Bible stayed missing. The Bible went missing in the summer 2012. Um, we had activity all of summer, fall, and then the activity started tapering off the winter of 2012. And we were happy. We were, we were glad to see the activity lessening. We could not pinpoint, me and Tina, why, why is the activity lessening? But we're not going to stop it. We're not complaining. But we would like to know why. I can't tell you or nobody what we did to make the activity lesson because we did the same stuff. But it's theorized that these things go away on their own. So we were happy. Okay, it's going away on its own. It would be good, and I and I and I said this sometimes out loud, hoping that they would hear me. It would be good if you return some of our stuff back. You know. Um, and, and everybody let bygones be bygones. Like, bring me my Bible back, my car keys, Tina's jewelry, da 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 da. 2013, we had no activity, hmm. noticeable activity. I put an asterisk there. There were no more objects being thrown, no more door slams, no more loud banging, stomping, missing objects, objects appearing out of nowhere strange and knocking noises so we thought we were good okay finally after being in this house for a year we can enjoy a year okay um and you're right 2013 had no activity 2014 as we get in there to when the bible came back which was around march of 2014 i had a mysterious fall down the stairs, January 2nd, 2014. Um, I was coming downstairs for a refill. Our staircases had made is like two level. You go da 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 da, stop, landing, turn, da 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 da. It's about 12 steps each way, uh, two levels. I got to the midway landing. As soon as I got to it, put my foot on the thing, and boom. I'm down, tumbling downstairs. I'm a big guy, six foot five. I knew it was a bad fall, and I tore my right patella tendon clean off. Oh, wow. The kneecap. This is 2013. What a way to start a year, right? Yeah. Um, so fast forward uh, uh, a few weeks. I'm, you know, in the hospital. They put me back together again. had surgery. They reattached my kneecap. But I'm now homebound. I'm, you know, you got to keep your legs straight for a month after a surgery like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm all cast up, bandaged up. Uh, can't work. 
I mean, you can't drive, so yeah. I'm at home. Tina has to leave every day, so she does. She, she, I stay upstairs. I, it's a two-story house. Don't want me rummaging around, handicapped. There's nobody else at home. That's dangerous. Um, but as I'm upstairs, when you're that, when you're hurt that, that way, all you can really do is sleep. Pain meds and sleep. That's all you have to, to really do. Thank and that's what I'm doing. I'm sleeping. I'm taking pain meds. I'm watching TV. But I'm in my bed. Okay, I got my cell phone right here, remote control right here. You can, it's sort of like a paradise, right? But as I'm sleeping, you have to also realize, I want our listeners to really understand this, I've never been at home in the daytime before. And we all go up at work, we all do our jobs out in the broad. If you don't have no kids or no pets, your house is empty, right? You never really know what goes on in your house when you're gone, right? You never really know. It's impossible to know mm-hmm. what noise it makes when a house is empty. Uh, you just hope it's the same way when you come back. Well, I'm sleeping now, and I wake up because I'm hearing noises in the kitchen. There is rummaging coming from the kitchen downstairs. This is the morning. It feels like somebody's opening and closing cabinet doors, like they're looking for something. Don't, 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 don't. Can't find it here. Can't find it there. I wake up and hear this noise. And I'm like, oh, Tina came back home. Tina is back home. Okay, it's early. Maybe she forgot something. So I call out, Tina, Tina, is that you? Is that you? Rummaging, noise, 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 noise. No answer. I get up. Remember, I'm, I'm crippled. So I <laughs> grab my crutches, hop out of bed, go to the, the landing once again, look over the beam. Tina, is that you? Tina, you home? The noise stops. Doing nothing. Text Tina. Hey, Tina texts back or calls back. I'm at work. What do you want? I'm like, oh, okay. I go back to bed. Same thing happens. Or a day later, same thing happens. Tina comes home. I tell her the story. Hey, I was sleeping. And it sounded like somebody was rummaging through downstairs. And me and Tina. We never had, we had an unspoken rule. Uh, we never talked about the hauntings after they stopped. I wanted to because I was never satisfied that they just leave and don't bring anything back. Tina didn't want to talk about it. She said, that's not with a gift force in the mouth. So that night, I'm talking about the stuff going on while she's away. She's sort of being nonchalant, trying to change the subject. It's really bothering me that I'm hearing these noises. But what can I do? She don't want to talk. I want to engage her. Till one day I'm sleeping upstairs once again. Tina's at work. And there's loud banging on my headboard. Don't, 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 don't above my head. It wakes me up. I wake up. Nothing. Okay. Tina comes home. I want to tell her about it. She don't really want to talk about it. Now we're getting into the weekend where we're both home. And this was a Sunday night. Uh, late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Um, the house feels uneasy. I can't put my finger on it, but the house feels kind of heavy. The last time I felt that was in 2012. But I, I have nothing to go on. It's been quiet, but it feels very weird. It feels very, very weird. So we go to sleep. We go to sleep. Later that night, I wake up again. And since the house is still feeling heavy, 
I now I can can walk uh, with both legs now. Go downstairs, and uh, I real I, I remember Tina had some sage that she cooked with, not the smoky kind, but she had some sage that she cooked with in the vegetable drawer in the refrigerator. Tina's asleep, so I was like, you know what? All I have to do is take this raw sage, okay, and put it on a cookie sheet, dry it out, same thing, right? And that's what I did. I got the cookie sheet out, laid the, the sage leaves on there, let it dehydrate, dry out. Now it starts smelling like the sage stick I had uh, a year and a half ago. And I go and I went around upstairs, all the rooms. Tina's asleep. And I, I didn't want her to catch because she'd be pissed. She'd be like, what, what are you doing? We don't talk about that anymore. So I'm going doing this in all the rooms. And I and it was still some smoke. And I said, I'm just going to let it burn itself out. And I set it on the bookshelf in the hallway. And I went back to bed. A few minutes later, I don't know how many minutes it was, we both were wakened up to a loud crash. Like, boom, 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 boom. And I remember when uh, we ran out the room, Tina had this tall, giant armoire, this big wooden frame armoire that we bought at the garage sale that when, I, when we moved it in, I hated that thing because number one, it was almost bigger than me, but definitely weighed more than me. And it took three of me to bring it upstairs. It was it was it was hard to move, but we set it somewhere in the hallway. And I said, once I sit this thing down, Tina, we're not moving it again because it's only you and me here. So wherever you want me to sit it, it's gonna have to stay there because these guys are just helping me. <laughs> that night we woke up the armoire was on the other side of the hallway. And it was leaning like the Eiffel Tower into the wall. Now we got a softball sized hole in the wall hmm. where the corner of the armoire is resting into the wall. I remember the look on Tina's face, Tina seeing all the melee and the destruction. Our mouths drop. Tina turns back around, goes back into the master bedroom sits on the bed and just started crying and i put my arms around her to try to console her and i knew why she was crying i i knew why and i was scared and worried because going back to these websites i told you about every website that we talked to or went to and everybody we talked to says these 99, 90% of these things will fade out and go away on their own. And you guys will never hear from them again. These things fade out over time and they're gone, gone for good. And we would always read these websites and be like, okay, all right. But I kid you not, they always had a butt at the bottom, you know, sort of like the fine print. <laughs> and we read the fine print on every web page and it, and it all said the same. But if they ever come back, it's going to be worse than it was before. And that's what Tina remembers that morning. And that's what I remember that morning when we saw the armor in 2014. We wasn't remembering the armor being thrown. We was remembering that. But the asterisk that says if they come back, 
they bring back the wrath of God. And so, everything I'm sorry, you, sorry everything, to but okay, he said when they do come back. Um, and I, I find it fascinating because poltergeist activity, like you said, and through my experience over the years, it it it, it does. It it starts and it goes like this, and then like this, and then it just fades out. And it never really does come back. But um it come it comes back with a vengeance, apparently, this time around. Are you guys thinking this is potentially something else has this been um labeled something that is not so does it get you guys thinking what are we really dealing with is this poltergeist or is this something else altogether when it came back um all that we have to go by on is people tell us websites tell us it always comes back worse than before we don't know what worse before it is. Only because, keep in mind, the baseline up until now to the armor was thrown, the baseline. I will say the worst activity we had in 2012 was the flying of objects. And that's mm -hmm. unnerving. That, 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 that gets old. That's very scary, nerving, and nobody likes flying objects, especially while you sleep. But that's all we got to go on so far right now. So when, you, when we get to 2014 and we start experiencing fire. I'm talking about spontaneous fire. When we start having, you know, an armoire being thrown, I'm not talking about a flower, an armoire being thrown versus a, a, a flower pot, different night and day. A bar stool being thrown. Our mind is, okay, what? what's the cutoff point? What? What's the worst can it get? You know, websites are being very blunt, but they're also being very abstract. You know, yeah, very, very vague. Yeah, yeah very vague of what's the worst it could be, right? I have not yet fallen into the, I'm not, I have not found infield yet. I have not run into these websites and talked about these, the famous of all Portuguese cases in the world. Those cases are oblivious to me. Now. All I'm coming in competition with when I read websites is it's going to get bad. Nobody tells me what bad is. So I call or recall people like I was calling in 2012. I said they're back. They've exhausted all me. They like hey, we we man we we've exhausted. We only do is pray. We only do blessings. Keith. We don't you know. So the church, I meaning the Catholic Church, having a little bit more knowledge, uh, assigns or sends a priest our way. You know, Father Northrop uh, coming out of Bothell, mm -hmm. and he tells us finally somebody has told us finally in his office. If you read my book, we sit in his office the day the poster caught fire. And he had an experience with poltergeist throughout the state of Washington. Tells us of these type of things happening in neighborhoods all over Washington. You know, the only thing that blew him away about our case was the level of frequency. Okay. He's heard about stuff catching fire and thrown and all that. They got a whole encyclopedia on that stuff. What blew him away was how often it was occurring in our home. And to his credit, I don't think he or any church nearby could keep up with that because his families are the ones he responded to. They would have activity like we had once a month, okay, or once every other month. 
So it's easy for him and the church to respond to that. We're on 911 every day. Okay. He can't be there every day. Right. Nobody can. So we're sort of left to our own devices of what do we do, what do we don't do. After the fire blew up, I mean, I'm talking about the poster fire, and when the thing ran across me in the hallway, past me in the doorway, I knew then we were dealing with something. I wasn't saying supernatural because these words are still foreign to me. Right. I wasn't saying Portuguese. I was saying, I'm going, okay, I'm going back to my church days as a kid in Sunday school when my grandmother told me about the devil. Okay. My grandmother okay. told me about the devil one time. <laughs> and when and, and when that <laughs> ran by me, I'm now nine years old again. I'm like flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That what my grandmother told me and what I read in Revelations and da 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 and what that thing looked like and felt like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to be heading off to a break, um, you know, just commercials and whatnot. When we come back, um, I have a few questions, and I'm sure Vicky does as well, because this just keeps escalating and getting more and more interesting. Um, but I do want to ask about the International Society of Paranormal Research and uh, what their findings were. And I don't know if we're jumping too far into the future or not, but I believe that's where parapsychologists was actually called in, right? Yeah, the Scientific uh, Establishment of Parapsychology, uh, Steve Merrill, yeah, that's two so that's 2016. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we could talk about the lead up uh, to that because like i said everything is a gradual it's a growth process yes. so um, what i'll do is i'll let you take over when it come when we come back from our commercials and you can start where we don't want to jump that far into the future and and i want to touch on the katy perry weekend and um i also want to talk about i think it's important to mention this um, your experiences when you were testing out the thing for Xbox, because ironically, paranormal investigators um, ended up using that on their investigations. But you were there on the ground floor and discovered what that could do. So those are the couple things that I want to definitely get into when you come back from our break. Oh, yeah. 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 We talked about that. That'd be good. All right. So, ladies and gents, just. Stay right there. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these few short words from our commercials. All right. Don't go anywhere.
And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, to Greetings from Beyond Radio. And our guest is Keith Linder. We've been discussing the Bothell uh, case, which has gone as, I mean, it's, it's literally been a decade, over, well over a decade now that you've been going through this and, and still are, from what I understand. Um, so we're going to dive right back into this and let Keith take, you take the wheel, go for it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I know the question was asked before the break of the, the Xbox and and the Xbox connect is an interesting, uh, story. It sort of coincides with what I was saying earlier about, you know, I'm a techie, been an IT sort of geeky, if you will, but um, in 2013, I guess spring, summer, I uh, had signed up to be a beta tester for the new Xbox 360 uh, and the Kinect. And what that means is they're going to bring a prototype of both devices to my house uh, and let me test drive it for about six months. This coincides when we had no activity. Remember I said we had no activity for the year 2013. But there's obviously a lot of stuff missing. I also said that me and Tina really don't talk about the events of 2012. We're trying to put that behind us. But I said, you know, I put an asterisk when I say we had no activity. Because even though we had no activity, there was still some weird stuff. I don't want to... You know, back then, say this is paranormal related, but it was weird. An example would be, two examples would be, we wake up and the fire alarms are going off by themselves. This happened in, in a few times in 2013, where you're sleeping at nighttime, and all of a sudden your fire alarms just go off. Uh, that's scary for anybody, but when we respond, there's no fire. There's no fire whatsoever. But that was weird. And the only thing you can do when that happens is swap out batteries. Okay. So that was weird. Um, and then the items that were missing never came back. Uh, but now we got this Xbox. And I'm, you know, Microsoft puts this Xbox in my home. And the stipulation is they're going to observe me play the console both remotely from afar and a few times they're going to actually come on the property to film and to t- watch me play the Xbox. This particular night, uh, I'm, I'm at home and Microsoft is in my home with me and they're watching me physically and remotely. And you're right, I got the Xbox set up. But what they're doing is beta testers or engineers don't really care about the user. All they care is about the product. So they're, they're not there to study or observe me. They're trying to look for glitches in their system, bugs, inconsistencies, things that they have to fix before this thing goes to the market. And I'm just there to help them. So they're putting me through all these scenarios of playing these different games. I'm loving it, you know. And in the middle of me playing certain games, they got all cameras on me and all cameras on the the uh, the games. And they can watch that remotely back at headquarters. Well, as I'm playing one night, I remember it's about eight of us in the room, all Microsoft people, smart people. And 
one of them that had a little microphone in their ear, right? and, and I got microphones on me too. Uh, everybody talks about microphone. And the people at headquarters tells the people there, hey, slow down, stop, we got something. We we, we, we caught something, we got, can you tell him to stop for a minute? So they look at me and hey, can you stop playing for a minute? They got something. And everybody stops and I stop and and then they start conversating amongst themselves and they're like, we, we, we're picking up something. We're picking up something in this house that the AI, you know, the buzzword of today, AI, that the AI cannot account for. There's movement. We're picking up movement that is not Keith Linder. Okay. And as a gamer who's prototype of the game, that can be a problem. So they stop everything. They can't ascertain why their system is picking up movement. It's not the other people. The computer has already ruled us out. It's got a fix on us. It's got a fix on me. I'm sitting on the couch. But it's picking up something behind us that we can't see with the naked eye. Nobody can. They can through the screen. So finally, uh, somebody says, well, what are you seeing? Well, we got these shadows. We, this, the AI is picking up shadows, and how a computer code works is if a computer runs into something that it can't understand or doesn't have uh, a mitigate, mitigating uh, step for, it just stops. It gets stuck. And that's what happened. The program has gotten stuck. They've caught it, but they're picking up these shadows. The computer's trying to determine if the shadows are a part of me, of course they're not. Is the shadows a, a part of the environment? Of course it's not. So finally, one of the, the project managers said, well, put it on screen. We want to see it ourselves. We want to see it on, on, on Keith's screen. I had the 64-inch screen. And they put it on our screen. And when they put it on our screen, it throws the TV sort of into infrared mode, little grayscale infrared type deal. And you can see us, sort of our outline, our silhouettes, the background, everything is all gray, gray matted. And coming from the kitchen, now you can see with the naked eye if you look on the on the TV. You see these shadows, these 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 floating black orbs. And and by that I mean they're the size, they're not they're the size of uh softball, softball, mini volleyball size. And they're floating. And the example I gave in both books, book one and book two, when I saw this, and, I, and there's a reenactment video of this reenactment on my YouTube channel, is they're floating like remember the, the lava lamps, the the, lava, the wax in a lava lamp, how they and how they change shape and, and combine and all that. Well, that's what yeah. this is doing on the screen, and it's driving Microsoft crazy because they cannot figure out number one what's causing that. And number two, how to fix it. Because keep in mind, I was one out of 3,500 beta testers for the Xbox 360. There are 3,500 beta testers of the Xbox 360 around the world. And I remember when the, pro when the program manager said this, this is the only person we've ever seen that happen to. Out of 3,500 other people, homes around the world, different TVs, different environments, different Wi-Fi, cable, internet speeds, whatever, internet service provider, whatever. You know, it's, it could be a beta test in the Philippines. 
It could be a beta tester in Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, Canada, Australia. This house in Bothell is picking up something we've never seen in any other living room before. And I, seeing it, even wasn't putting two and two together of ghosts or whatever, because we had no activity. It was only later, much later, when the activity came back. And even to this day, I asked the question, I wonder if that those floating things was the, for lack of a better word, the poltergeists in their hibernation or dormant state or, or something. I don't know. But it, it drove Microsoft crazy. And finally, they just had to write it down, say, we'll deal with it when we deal with it or whatever. Uh, maybe it's just a glitch because it's only in his house. And hope for the best. Were you the only one getting that glitch? Yeah, they said out of 3,500 people, I was the only one. Wow. They've never seen that before, to my knowledge, never seen it again. You know. And I have to tell you, I have a friend whose daughter was playing it pretty soon when it came out. And her and her friend were playing, and all of a sudden it picked up. There was something that looked like the size of a, a boy sitting on their couch while they were playing. And um, they literally stopped playing and never played it again. But um, the paranormal field figured out that these things could pick up anomalies like that. And I know that my team, we made a homemade one. And we well, used yeah. Yeah. a laptop and made one. Yeah, so, so you, I guess to say, say you're the founding father of this technology that's now used with Xbox for the paranormal field. Well, it, 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 it was very interesting, and you're right. I, having learned later and, and later seeing on these shows, people walking around with the connect in their hand and all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, was very interesting. But one of the things, and we'll talk about this later when we get to the UK guys, uh, that I had already been experiencing, and paranormal people experienced this before me, but the spirits in our house, the Bothell house, had a supreme interest in technology. We always hear about equipment malfunction. Oh, my equipment malfunction, or my battery drainage, or da 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 But what I wish people would dive deeper into why that is. Why is there a battery drainage? Why is there equipment malfunction? What we learned and what the evidence provided in the Bothell House and what the voices captured said was, they're tinkering with our stuff. They're, the reason why your thing rebooted is because they rebooted it. They are fascinated with our stuff. Now, most paranormal teams walk into a home environment with similar equipment. Okay, you'll see a K2 meter, a voice recorder, da 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 da, EMF reader, da 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 da. My belief or my thinking is, spirits or whatnot, they are used to that. They've seen that. They're familiar with that, okay? They, to some extent, know how to commandeer it, take it, control over it, and therefore, we've seen it before, nothing new here. The Xbox Connect was something different. Number one, it was not a paranormal device. It's a home console. And when it was re released in 2014, uh, or November 2013, 
it was at that time considered the state of the art where consoles are concerned. Um, it changed the game for Microsoft. It really got them in, into the PS4, PS5, PlayStation game. Um, and just because of the what the Kinect could do. To connect, you could walk through your front door and the Kinect would know your home and turn on your living room for you. Hmm. It would just know that. It would turn on the game for you. It would turn on this. You can move your hand like this, game on, move it like that, game off. You can play Halo and all that. So it was it was it was new stuff. And I believe the spirits were fascinated because one of the EVPs that the investigators captured when they lived in the home, they got the a voice to admit, and it said, we don't like infrared technology. It says the infrared technology hurts us. Really? Okay. That's what it said. And if you remember, Rich, when we had Barry Fitzgerald on, we had talked about the difference between ultraviolet and infrared and things like that, and yeah. the way that spirits interact differently with these types of lightings. It would make sense why, uh, well, not as much today, um, but back in the day, they were captured. Now that they know that infrared does actually hurt them, they stay away from any device that will emit infrared. So. Right. Yeah. really the, the 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 wave of the future and 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 i i hate to to use your situation um as a blueprint would be ultraviolet versus infrared yeah 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 steve mara and his and his lecture a good lecture to watch of the bottle house whom barry fitzgerald was consultant on on the bottle house mm-hmm. and he, steve mara even said it when they came to the home they had, you know, multi crates of equipment. Once they got the voice said, we don't like infrared, they went back to using passive infrared. I didn't know there was a difference. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, but yeah. I know now reading, oh, there's a difference. And yeah. once they realized that they started getting more reaction and response from the passive, um, and that's interesting because, you know, maybe there is a blinding of, because you know we all know about the different spectrums, you know head beams blind us. You see a head beam light, you're, we're blind, you know. So it sort of makes sense from that standpoint uh, of why they had an adverse reaction. But if you notice in my book one, what I was having difficulty doing when it was just me troubleshooting this, when I kept bringing in all the cameras, and they kept turning the cameras off, they kept. Makes Removing sense the now. SD card, unplugging the camera, taking the camera. Yeah, driving me crazy. And they're like, "No, dude, we we don't we don't that because the cameras I can't see the invisible light, but there's invisible beams all over the place that may restrict their movement, may restrict their ability to maneuver, manipulate, exist. Fascinating. And they start letting me know very on in a in a bad way. You, you keep bringing more cameras, we're gonna have a problem. And we did have a problem. More fires, more violent stuff, more throwing stuff. So, so yeah. Uh, I was, I was, I was going to make a recommendation since it actually is a deterrent to them. Get more infrared because I know there's infrared emitters. I actually own two of my own. But if if yeah. activity is going to pick up, 
Never yeah, mind. <laughs> yeah, there's, well, there's always that risk, right? It could make it go docile, or depending on which spirit you have and how well they want to take matters into their own hands uh, and give you, a, a, you know, me, I, if I want to make a war out of it, which I sort of did mentally, they're going to make a war out of it too, because you have to understand, you know, they might have felt challenged by me trying to rip them. Like, who's this guy? You know, and, and, and in sectology, we told them to cease and desist. That's a shot across the bow. He didn't. We take one camera, he comes back from Best Buy with two. <laughs> okay. Bring in the guns, bring, you know, bring in the big guy. Call yeah. spontaneous guy. What's he doing? <laughs> Just in what you spent in technology, how much do you think, how much money did you actually spend on all this? Just technology. We're not talking about damage. Just technology. And, and we also have this on, on our chat, you know, from Bob Burnell. Oh, no. I have a bunch of cameras and, and uh, IR cameras and lights. He's, poor man, you know, he's thinking, I'm going to have to change everything now. <laughs> Well, just to, to be observant and, and, to, and to see what they react or don't react to. Uh, but to answer your question, no, I, I would say I spent between five to ten k on the on the on the equipment uh, wow. in the house. Thirty five percent of it to forty percent are still missing to this day. Just gone. That you know that would be, I don't know about you, Vicky, but that would frustrate the hell out of me being a paranormal investigator. You spend that much money and they take it away. It's like oh, it's very frustrating. It's, I'm it's, being it's, robbed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 frustrating. It's demoralizing. Uh, but I think you know what's more frustrating and demoralizing than taking up your equipment because they get energy off number one attention. We all we all know that, but they also get energy off your level of angst, anxiety, frustration. And one of um, the things that frustrated me the most, because it's very expensive, and people don't quite understand this, you know, when that uh, ghost takes your car fob, you know, your car fob, right? Deep, deep, deep. Yeah. Those things cost about $500. Oof. Right? Because it's a computer. It's just a mini computer, right? right, we're, right. we're long gone past the days when you lose a car key, and you just go to Home Depot and get another one, right? When we're long seven dollars, you're back in business again. No, when something takes your car fob, and you have to go back to the dealer, you know, to get a new one, that's a day, two and a half, maybe uh, three day deal um, to get it replaced, or get a locksmith who comes in to do that. Is going to charge you more if they come to your house. That's a huge inconvenience and a huge out-of-pocket expense that you must pay. You must get a new car fob. You just cannot write that off. This is not a, a lost key or a lost trinket. This is your livelihood. This is your means of transportation. And to know, and this is what always frustrated me by living in that house, is I can go buy another car fob or get it replaced. All they can have to do is take it again. And sometimes they did. You know, sometimes they did. The expensive things that we own, they would just take. You know, a jewelry, a trinket or something being gone, yeah, whatever. Okay. But something like an iPad, an iPod, you know, my favorite watch, a family heirloom, 
a gift that's been handed down generations to generations, gone, you know. And that level of frustration and anxiety ratchets up the activity, and that's why they do it. Because that's what they feed off of. Yeah, that's what they feed off of. And and, uh, I I would recommend that you buy a classic car that needs an actual key (laughs) so you (laughs) won't have to actually deal with this anymore. Uh, And leave it it with with, uh, the people you purchased the car from so they have a copy because if they go over there and steal that, well, then we got real problems. Um, (laughs) Just saying. I don't know if you like classics, but... (laughs) So yeah, that, that, that was very uh, frustrating and demoralizing. Yeah, that. yeah. So let's go to the Katy Perry weekend, as you call it. Tell us what happened. Okay, so the Katy Perry weekend, we're going back to sort of when um, the Bible came back on fire. because the, the Katy Perry weekend came up immediately after that. And the reason why, uh, and it's called Katy Perry weekend for a reason, because the Katy Perry weekend was probably one of the most active weekends in the Buffalo House. Definitely one of the most dangerous weekends because it was a weekend of 72 to 96 hours of what I would call level four, level five poltergeist activity. Now, how this starts off is, and you can tell me, your listeners can tell me the level of intelligence the spirits has to even pull something like this off. And this is probably going to redefine the word manipulation or um, plotting and whatnot. So this is like a a Thursday evening. I think it was a Thursday night. Me and Tina are, uh, I'm in my office. Tina is downstairs. Uh, We're about a a week or so uh, from the, or more being thrown or whatever that's happened already. So we know the activity is back. Uh, I'm in my room upstairs, man cave typing. And the music, all of a sudden, loud music comes on from the master bedroom, our bedroom. Loud music. Ba, 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 ba. I'm not in the room. I know Tina's not in the room because I can hear her downstairs. Uh, this is the first time this has ever happened. Loud music, that's a new thing. So we go, I go, I go to the master bedroom. Tina's coming up the hallway to meet me. We meet at the landing, the doorway. We walk into the master bedroom. And there's loud music coming from the television, our television. But the television is not showing a picture. It's on, but it's on a music channel. We have Xfinity or Comcast, whatever, music channel, whatever. But, but we don't listen to music that way. Okay, we, we don't listen to music through our TV. Not like that anyways. But it's blaring music. And at that point, I don't, I'm not, I don't really care if it's Katy Perry. I don't really, really know. All I know is loud. Tina didn't turn it on. I didn't turn it on. This is weird. This never happened before. So I grabbed the remote control. I'm like, oh, music channels, turn on by itself. I turn the TV off. All right. Put the remote control back down, go back to my office. Tina goes back downstairs. Happy deal. If this, if that never happened, meaning that if, that, if it stopped right there and we had no more activity after that, I'm not even sure I would have labeled that a, a haunting. But they're not done with that shit. This is where I want y'all to understand you're listening to the level of focus. So I go back into my office. 
Tina goes back downstairs. Five minutes later, bah, 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 Loud music. I get up, go back to the room. Tina comes back. Tina, come here. Now, okay, now we're being haunted. Ah, okay. Oh, time to punch in. Mentally, time to punch in. Tina, mm. punch in. They want to play. Okay. So loud music playing. I'm like, okay. And me sort of, I guess, nonchalant and arrogant. You know what? Okay, Mr. Ghost, Mrs. Ghost, I see how you want to do it. Well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to unplug the TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and this is me really, I'm going to let the TV say what I'm telling you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Tina's looking <laughs> at me like, this is crazy. You're crazy, dude. But anyways, I unplugged the TV from the wall. And I'm, and I'm looking up in the air around me. Ha ha! No power, no TV. We won. Yes. <laughs> I go back to the office. She goes back downstairs. Da 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 da. And now I'm sitting in my chair and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I have plugged the TV. Now, if they plugged the TV, the cord back into the wall, that's something. That that's 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 interesting. Okay, that's what I'm telling myself as I'm going back to the room. And I'm like, that's that's a little bit bold, a little audacity. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like a kid challenging the parent, right? You know? Yeah. Okay, I get it, I get it. Okay. I was not expecting what I uh what I was expecting was the TV plugged back in. What I got was something totally different. We walk into the room. The TV's blasting music. Da 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 da. And the plug is still laying on the floor. The TV is not plugged in. And I looked at Tina, and I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 whoa, dude." And then it really dawned on me, like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait a minute." This is the same song. <laughs> We're now 15 minutes into this, and this is, oh, this is that Katy Perry's. No song is this long. I mean, I, I, I know this song, but I don't know, but I do know it's about a four minute song. Yeah. Give and then I'm like, wait a minute. Why are we only hearing the verse of the song? Okay. And the verse of the song, uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, I'm, I'm, well, I'll tell you. The name of the song, it was a hit during this time period. It's Katy Perry's song called The Dark Horse. That's the name of the song, The Dark Horse. One of her look it up. And the, the, the verse that it's playing that we were ignoring the first two times that is repeating now is, are you ready for the perfect storm? Because once it starts, and I'm paraphrasing, once it starts, da-da-da-da-da, there's no turning back. And you are mine. Now, I'm hearing this coming through my TV that's not plugged into the wall. Mm. But I don't know the lyrics. So I looking at Tina, like, wait a minute, why is the song still playing? And I'm hearing the whole Katy Perry song, Dark Horse, this and this and that. I go back to my office and type in Katy Perry, Dark Horse, the lyrics. What's the lyrics to this song? And I get to that verse right there where it talks about, so you want to play with fire. That's what we hear coming through our TV. 
So you want to play with fire. And I'm paraphrasing. You should know what you're bargaining for. Are you ready for the dark horrors or the perfect storm? Because once you're mine, there's no turning back. Now, we've heard this repeated over and over and over through our TV, twice with it all, once with it not plugged into the wall. And it's only repeating that portion, okay? That was like Thursday or Friday, okay? And even then, once it finally stopped, we didn't know where this was going. We're like, okay, that's weird. That's not okay. All right. Like I said, there's nothing, nothing prepares you for what's about to happen, even when they give you a hint. Fast forward to Saturday, okay? I leave the house to go meet some friends for dinner. Tina stays home. Honey, I'm going up the street to the bar, see the fellas. I'll be back. Now, me and Tina had a rule, because we live in Ghostville. Phone on. Phone fully charged. Not that we might not need it, because up until now, we've never had activity in the home when the other person was around. By that, I mean physical manifestation of violent activity. We've never had that yet. We've usually been in the home together or hear strange noises. But what I'm about to tell you, we've never had before. So I go have dinner with my friends or whatever. Tina's at home by herself. I come home two or three hours later pull up to my house, walking through the front door. It looks like an F5 tornado had blown through there. This is the same night. Tina's car is gone. Tina's car, normally parks her car in the garage. She's gone. My heart's pitter-pattered because the house looks like a murder scene, minus the blood. And I walk around, survey all downstairs, utter, utter destruction. I get to the kitchen. The water is still running from the kitchen sink. I'm calling out Tina, even though I know she's not home because the car's home. I'm texting, I'm calling, going to voicemail, I'm getting nothing on the phone. I go upstairs, I get to the top of the landing. Every light, we have, I think, two lights, two light domes in the hallway with a, with a glass bowl over it or whatever, or have exploded or obliterated. The walls are dangling from the ceiling. Glass is on the floor. The domes are obliterated. Pieces are everywhere. The hall is a mess. The master bedroom is a mess. And now I'm really scared because I'm seeing like something went down here. Something went down. Okay. I can't raise Tina. I'll call it Tina. Tina won't answer. So as I'm coming downstairs, sweating, not know what to do next, Tina pulls up. Thank God. Oh, my God. She pulled up. Tina comes into the house. She is livid at me. Mad. And Tina comes to me saying, hey, I've been trying to call you for hours. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What happened? And we're trying to get information from each other, but we're trying to get different information from each other. I'm glad she's in one piece. No glass in her face, no marking, no scratches. But she's hysterical. She's shaking like a fig leaf. She's mad because she's been trying to reach me for over an hour, and I have not been answering my phone. So as we're asking questions, our questions are just passing each other as we talk to each other. Mm. I'm trying to get information about what happened. 
She starts asking me, where have you been? Da, 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 da. She said, calm down. What happened? What happened? What happened? She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't know where I've been. So finally, I said, Tina, here's my phone. My phone's been on the entire time. Look, I have no missed calls from you. I have nothing from you. No, no, I tried to call you. Da, 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 da. You didn't answer your phone. And you didn't have to do this stuff by myself. Da, 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 da. No, no, it was hell, hell, hell. Tell me what happened. So finally, Tina sits down and she gives me a quick rundown of what happened. And this is what happened. I leave. Minutes or hours or later, Tina's doing the dishes in the kitchen. Remember, running water. Mm-hmm. Tina's doing dishes in the kitchen. And the lights start going off and on in and around the house behind me. Okay, we're used to that. Okay. She hears a loud crash coming from upstairs. We've never heard that before. Once again, we've never had activity like that by ourselves. She hears a loud crash coming from upstairs hallway. She tried to call me then. No answer. But she goes upstairs to investigate. I would have done the same thing. She gets to the upstairs and the lights are going off and on. And naturally, when you, as a human, you see the lights go off and on, you move closer. Like, what is that? Why? Why? Is that a faulty wiring? Is that a bulb going out or whatever? So she gets all the way underneath the light in the, the glass door. And I kid you not, she's telling me that she's crying and all this stuff. And she said, I got, she said, kids, I got to the light. The light's going off and on. Da, 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 da. And I get to it. And all of a sudden, the light don't explode. She goes, it's just going, you know, interface. Boom. Lucky she had glasses on. Boom, interface. Tina said, when it exploded in her face, she grabbed purse, phone, and sandals. You know, she was dressed scruffy looking because she wasn't dressed to go out. And she peeled out of the driveway. Okay. And I'm like, what happened? She said, yeah, the, the light. And I can see the, the lights, they all, they all exploded in my face. This is 24 hours after the Katy Perry. Okay. So I'm like, oh, 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 okay, that's, that, that's, that's, that's never happened before. That's, that's different. That, that, that's kind of crazy. So then I, now we're dealing with Sunday. Okay, Sunday. We wake up Sunday. We've just, we've just put the house back together. We got to get handyman in to fix the, the light stuff. But I got duct tape on everything. Mm. All I want is a cup of coffee, man. All I want is a cup of coffee. But I get up that morning, but I feel weird. I said, Tina, I think something's about to jump off. And she's like, well, no, you know, I'm like, no. I said, hey, just be ready. Okay? Just be ready. When I give the word, the word is go. When I say go, go. Don't look back. Get in the car. We're out of here. She's like, okay. I go in my office, got my coffee, Tina's downstairs. Also, we hear this loud crack. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. I run into the hallway. We have a two-door bedroom door. The one on the right side has been completely yanked off the hinges. Door is gone. Door is gone. The duct tape that I did to the wiring above our heads so we won't get electrocuted are all dangling like spaghetti again. 
okay? I tell Tina, because Tina running upstairs, the house is under attack. The house is under attack. And Tina jumps into mode of calling paranormal teams that we had a number for already. I jump into mode of calling the local churches that we had a number for already. It's Sunday. I thought I would get lucky, but I, I, I couldn't reach nobody. And in the middle of all this, things are being thrown left and right in the house, loud banging, boom, 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 boom. All this melee and destruction is happening. And we were about to just say, leave, get out. Go means go. When we got a hold of no ball paranormal, they called us back. And they're like, hey, where's the homest? That's about 20 minutes from you. But we need about two hours to gather our gear, and we'll be right over. And we're like, should we stay? Should we go? Eh, it's okay. We'll stay. But the lady said, leave your front door open. Leave all the windows open. And if you need to, sit in the backyard. And we did something to that effect. No bull paranormal comes a few hours later and, and to speed it up. They do, they do about 11 hours of investigative stuff. They find some weird stuff, but nothing that we experienced, but they like, yeah, your house is haunted. And I remember when they left, they gave us a, a business card of, we're on the case. If things jump off again, call us, call us. I'm like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll call you. And we went to bed. I put the door back up, fixed it a little bit, duct tape, whatever. And we felt good. We felt good to finally have somebody other than our friends mm. who we could tell this story to and they could tell us it's going to be all right. Whether that's true or not, at least you told us that. But one of the things you would appreciate when they told us when they arrived to the home the first time that we did not know because we are living in the home was when they walked through the front door, there's two things they noticed. Number one, all their equipment that ran on battery died. Remember, they needed two hours or whatever to get their gear ready. But when they got through our front door, choo, choo, they all said, whoa, whoa, everything dead. The, the lead investigator, Jennifer, hugged Tina because Tina was crying. Tina, they, they hugged and said, you guys, your house is humming. And we're like, what do you mean humming? What are you really talking about? Hum no, your house is humming, dude. Your house is humming. And we're like, what are you talking about? She said, step outside. Remember, we haven't stepped outside. We have to step outside and step back inside to realize our house is humming. She said, there was such a much, what she called like a kinetic energy, something you can only feel to make your hair raise up. That we have to, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, you know, a beehive. Pin your ear next to a bee uh, hive, and that just blew my mind away. The level of the energy, to where when they left, you know, that night, about eleven something. That was the same night. Remember, Katy Perry weekend. Now, what did Katy Perry say on the song? Yeah. Are you ready for the perfect storm? Because once it happens, there's no turning back. Once your mind, once your mind, dark horse, dark horse, whatever, whatever. We've heard that 48 hours ago. Okay. The third night, the 
number three, the third night, Sunday night, Monday morning, we're asleep and the fire alarms go off. We wake up. The door is sort of hinged closed, but you can see I'm seeing orange light radiating from the bottom, the crack of the floor. I hear fire alarm. I don't know. I just jump into hyper mode. Fire alarm, get out. Where's the fire? You know, I open the door, and that's the book, the Bible, on fire. The Bible was the conclusion, or in some sense, the beginning. You can say the conclusion of the Katy Perry weekend, but also the beginning of everything that came after that. But that weekend of three days, da-da-da-da-da. Two days, maybe three days after that, was the poster fire, fire number two. That's when I was attacked in the house by myself. Now Tina's going to work. And we had a rule. We leave the house together every day for work. Tina's never leaving the house after me, ever. So I'm sometimes like, hey, you going without me? I'm still getting ready. Da, 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 da. I'll leave 20 minutes after you, whatever, whatever, Tina, whatever. She's like, you know, like, I'll go, go, go. You got a longer drive. Your commute's long ago. So Tina leaves. I get up, do, 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 go take a shower. And as soon as I get in the shower, water on, water on face. Beep, 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 beep. I know that beep, 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 beep. I just heard it recently. Now my mind, as you know, I'm now my brain knows attack mode, okay? And my brain is telling me, there's two things I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm being God honest with you. There's two things I'm thinking right now. Whatever I see as a, that's causing this fire, it's not going to be good, okay? I'm in the bathroom, beep, 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 beep. I got to go deal with this. It's not going to be good. That's the one thing I'm thinking. I don't know what the unknown is, but I can't stay in this bathroom forever. There's a fire I have to contend with. This is not going to be good. The second thing I'm thinking about, I'll be a God honest, is this is how I'm going to go out. This is how they're going to find me. This is how it ends for Keith. I get out of my bathroom, grab a towel, run toward my bedroom doorway and that's when that invisible figure runs past me and if those who read the book you know how i describe it i'll describe it now is i got to my doorway of the bedroom had i got there a second sooner meaning if i got into the hallway stepped into the hallway I could not, I don't like to imagine what that collision would have been like. Because whatever I passed me was running from the direction of my office, the direction from the fire. And it was big and massive. I couldn't see it with the naked eye, but I could feel it. And the analogy that I use in my book is, if you've ever been so unlucky to have to change a flat tire by yourself, on a highway in an 18-wheeler, you're on a narrow median, and an 18-wheeler passes you by. On a highway going 60 to 70, 
and you're changing your tire and your back is turned towards the highway and you feel that wind, that force, that gravity, whatever you want to call it, go past. It almost wants to suck you into the traffic. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what I felt run past me in the hallway. Now, it thundered down the steps. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing all of that. So it's the laws of physics is telling me sound. Sound is being broken. There are being sound waves created by it going down the steps. As it gets down to the final step, I don't know what it did or how fast it was moving. The front door opens wide and then slams shut. Shoom. About the whole house. I instinctively give chase why I don't know. I get to the front door that was only open two seconds ago. I get to the front door, try to open it, and it will not budge. The door won't move. 20 WEE wrestlers could open that door. And I'm fighting the door, and the door is like, as I'm trying to open it, hands are doing this and I'm fighting. I haven't even responded to the fire yet. The house is filled with smoke. I pick up my phone and run upstairs. I douse the fire. My poster um, is on fire. Okay. But I was able to douse that rather quickly with my wet towel. But the house is filled with smoke and the alarms are still ringing. So much to the point, I thought I had a fire somewhere else in the house. So I called 9111. And I'm talking to the operator. Now, y'all can make up this what you will. When I called 911, what's your emergency? Hello, 911. I have a fire. I need a fire department here immediately. Okay, da 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 da. What's your address? As soon as I said my address out loud, mass static, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the operator to the point where, sir, I can't hear you. Can you say that again? Yeah, Keith Linder, da 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 da, address da 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 da. We have to do that three times. Only when I got to my address part, to finally I got through. Said, okay, you're, you're, you're on your way. They'll be there two minutes. And they were. I called Tina. Five minutes hasn't even transpired yet. Tina answers the phone. Sort of, we're doing this reverse role now. <laughs> Tina said, hey, Tina. She's hearing the alarms go, Tina, this is what I said. Tina, the house is under attack. Get here, click. That's all I did. I don't even know the message got out. I know she articulated, got it, whatever, received it. I'll know in five or ten minutes that she shows up. And she did. So she got it. Tina walks in, fire department, two fire trucks there, smoke. I'm half naked, dripping, crying. The house is a mess. Okay. Once again, Katy Perry song. Perfect storm. Perfect storm. We've run out of time, uh, but how can people follow you online? And uh, would you mind sharing your website with us? And then we can pretty much let you go. And you can 
hopefully not have to deal with this after the show. <laughs> well, full disclosure, number one, I'm not in the house anymore, so thank God. Um, well, well, I, I, yeah, I know you're yeah. you're now out of there, but still, yeah. I'm sure the activity yeah. is still going on. Yeah, that's some residual stuff, but no, people can find more information about this case uh, two ways. Number one, the three books on Amazon, the Bothell Hell House uh, being the main one, uh, but also on YouTube. There okay. are videos and documentaries, many documentaries. All you have to do is type in Keith Linder or Keith L. Find me on YouTube. Uh, you, you'll see videos. There'll be videos waiting for you of me living in the home, of the investigators, the researchers, the evidence, the EVPs we talked about. You can listen to it for yourself. Um, and then the books themselves, which will have links and whatnot to everything we talked about. Uh, I like to show and prove. I don't like to just say. I like to show and prove. I'll talk about the phenomena, and then I'll show you uh, the phenomena. Some of these loud bangs are the actual bangs themselves. This is not duplication or reenactment. These are the loud bangs themselves. Full disclaimer, when you listen to this stuff in your own home, in your own environment, just be careful. Well, it's good advice. And thank you very much, Keith, for being on the show for the full two hours. And you have actually uh, shed a lot of light on this. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you. It was good. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Take care, Keith. All right. Have a good one. Join us next week. I believe we have a free week uh, to where it's going to be like whatever Vicky and I decide to discuss. And I just want to say a quick little story before we go. Um, something wonderful happened to me this week. And I just want to tell the story real quick because I want people to have faith that when you do the right thing, that it comes back to you. Mm -hmm. I had somebody reach out to me that I haven't heard from in almost a year. They wanted my help. I helped them. A lot of people said, geez, I wouldn't have helped them. Um, they tried to pay me money. I gave them their money back. And someone that I read for last week blessed me this week with a gift and I can't emphasize enough to people do the right thing. Like always do what your conscience tells you to do and what is right. And you will be rewarded in some way. So I just, I just want people to have faith. Sometimes it's hard to do the right thing. Sometimes you just want to be like, eh, but it is worth it in the end. Well, like you stated, it's the golden rule. Yep. Uh, so join us next week, same time, same place, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Greetings from Beyond Radio. Make sure to subscribe. Go to our page on YouTube. Subscribe, and you'll get that ding-ding letting you know that we're going live, and you can listen to it. And like I always say at the end of every single one of our videos, live life. Don't let life live you. And peace be still. See you next week.